Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today I am so excited to have on a 38 year old from Etobicoke, Ontario, maybe Guelph. His hockey journey took him to Canada, the USA, Denmark, Germany, Italy, Wales, England, and Scotland. He was the former captain of the Dundee Stars, a Midwest Junior B Rookie of the Year. He oh. amassed 142 points in 137 games in the EIHL and was a playoff champion. Also, a world championship silver medalist with Great Britain. Welcome to the podcast, Chris Blight. Wow. It sounds like you're talking about someone else there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's you, sir. Oh, wow. Yeah, very similar backgrounds we have. We were talking about that before. You played in a lot of the same places, eh? You were in Denmark um, as well, right? That's actually the first thing I get into is how we yeah. know each other. And yeah. I'll, I'll just, so the fans can get an idea here. These are the notes. Guelph versus Elmira. Yep. Toledo versus Dayton. Ravensburg versus Beatingheim. Dundee versus Cardiff and scholarships out of the Midwest Junior B loop. That's quite a bit. That's right. Yeah, I remember. Um, so for me, I guess I'll go first if you don't mind. I'll, uh, my first introduction to you, I think, was roller hockey, actually. Did you? I, you? You probably don't remember because you were kind of a big dog back then. <laughs> <laughs> I played a lot of roller hockey. Yeah, you're really good. I remember it's like you and Daryl Moore, right? And, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So I tried out for that team. I can't remember what the team was. It was like, was it team Canada or North America or whatever? I didn't make it, but I know you guys did. And that's the first time I met you. I think we were, must've been what, 16, maybe 17. Like would really, that, yeah. So would those tryouts have been in Waterloo? They were, they were. And you guys had, I remember this distinctly because you guys had the fancy roller hockey pants on and right. that was my first. You were in hockey, hockey pants. I was in, no, I was in like pajama pants. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a picture of it, but uh, I felt like a fish out of water. I thought I played well, but I definitely didn't look very stylish. Uh, yeah, to that, that. Uh, the roller hockey was a fun game, and I did play a lot of it. And, yeah, uh, yeah like those those teams, like sometimes when they you saw who they picked compared <laughs> to who they didn't pick, you're like, how who is picking this team? <laughs> and then going to, like, fast forward a couple of years, like, I don't know. I, I was a bit of a late bloomer. Like I was a small guy always growing up and I, I played two years of midget AAA before playing junior. So I think you already had a year in the junior B loop by the time I got there and you were, 
you and Ego were like the big dogs over in Elmira. <laughs> um, yeah, my first year I struggled. I was like 15 yeah, turning 16 and I didn't yeah. do that well. But then yeah. the next year you get a little bigger and you, you realize yep. you got through a year and then you do better. And that was your rookie year. And you were the rookie of the year that year, eh? Yeah, 24-year-old junior B rookie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I was 17. I was 17 and people were uh, actually saying I was too old to win the award. But that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well you had a lot of points um, well, you know what my problem was i couldn't make cambridge if you remember cambridge had an unbelievable team the year before they won the sutherland cup right so yeah. i got cut from them three years in a row and so, i had to go somewhere else so i went to end up in guelph so where where are you from because i had yeah. like minor hockey as guelph because i thought maybe but you were born no. elite prospects is etobicoke but then yeah. i think you're a real estate agent and you're saying Cambridge. So are you from Cambridge? Yeah. I, I, so I moved to Cambridge when I was five, but I was born in Etobicoke. I actually lived in Georgetown for a few years where you were born. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, I went to kindergarten in Georgetown and then I came to Cambridge after that and had been here ever since. So I, I found it really weird how our lives basically were in parallel the whole time. It's weird, um, yeah. And I think it's funny that we were both right wingers that scored so like realistically, we couldn't ever really play on the same team because <laughs> we, we were doing the same role, but we were doing the same thing in every yeah. league in the world. Eh? It's crazy. It's really, it's, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later too. That's probably, that's probably the answer to one of our stories later we're going to talk about, but uh, no, it's, it's kind of weird. I, I, I guess really that's probably you. true. Yeah. We haven't really, I haven't really met you before. I, I mean, I met you, I think, at Cardiff that one time in the bar. But other than that, like, we never really crossed paths. I, I remember playing against you the most when you were in Dayton and I was in Toledo. That's, like, I think the most we played against each other. But uh, And and Elmira and the and Elmira. Dominators, right? The like, dom what was it like playing? I've always wanted to ask this to somebody. But what was it like playing the Guelph Dominators in 2000? <laughs> Do you remember those games? Uh, or is that I too mean, far back? No, like I kind of remember you guys were playing the old Memorial Arena, like where I played my minor hockey, right? Like so we we had a weird team. We were, I mean, we finished eighth. We were running gun, like we were all offense. Like we had like Matt Molson was on the team for Christ's sakes. And oh, uh, we had a hell of a scoring race the next year, the two of us. My did you? Yeah, then he he got caught kissing some girls in high school and got oh. mono, and I dominated him from there. That <laughs> sucker. Did he get mono too? I got it the year before. I missed like 20 games. Oh, man. No, I beat him by about 10 points because he had to yeah. sit out a few weeks for mono because he was kissing girls. <laughs> oh, Molson. Boy. That's funny. Yeah, so we were all rookies together on that team in Guelph, and we our goaltending situation was – you know, we didn't have a good goalie and we weren't very good defensively, but we were like, we, some of the games we played where it was like 13 to 10, like no joke. Like it was, it was fun for us forwards, but man, it was. Tough. Well, <laughs> you and Molson put up some points back then. Like you yeah. guys, you guys did have talent. Um, I don't know who your coach was, but like yeah. when I was in Elmira, man, like we just, we had a veteran team that year that just all kind of understood hockey and they taught the young guys how oh, yeah. to be hockey players type thing. Right. Was that the year you guys won? Did you guys yeah. win that year? Yeah. yeah, the year we won would have been yeah, the year we're talking about. Because I played a year after you. We yeah. both got scholarships the same year, but then I stayed back stayed another and year. played another year. Yeah. Well, I'm a year older than you too, so that makes sense. You did your OACs then, eh? No, I went to Conestoga College and did oh, a couple part-time classes. Yeah. Oh, even better. 
Yeah, I, I just did the 12. But um, anyways, so yeah, part of why we know each other was that night in Cardiff. Um, yep. You had played in Dundee, but you married a girl from Cardiff, right? right. And um, yep. I believe she was a figure skater. Yes, that's true. Yes, she was in the skating. big blue tent. Yes. So she was figure skating before our practices. Um, when I first and you got couldn't to warm up properly because she was skating. Is that correct? He, he's, you got this from Marshy or, or no, I know, no, I'm no, I no, I haven't talked to Marshy about you today. No, I've been too busy. I'm single parenting this weekend. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know. She, um, yeah, that's when the first time I noticed her. And then I, I met her out uh, in Cardiff um, shortly after. And, you know, it was a long haul. We were, um, it was, yeah, it was, how do I explain this? It's hard for me to, I mean, my wife's like 37 weeks pregnant right now, which is, Oh, amazing dear. we're really, having a eh? second um second child um a girl's coming this time so that's well, congratulations boy. thank you yeah yeah so thinking back to then yeah watching her skate before that's i guess that's when you first i first noticed her and yeah it's funny once we started dating she uh she stopped skating before our practices so <laughs> is that right that was always that, the joke well probably yeah probably because the boys <laughs> would like be chirping you and stuff eh? once you start dating and <laughs> I could yeah, see it. maybe maybe but uh, she was a good figure skater um she just didn't like when people were watching her she would always she said whenever I watched her she fell so I don't know well I guess this gets us into our next question which is where and what are you doing now but you yeah married a Cardiff girl but I believe kind of like myself you brought the gal back to where you're from or area I'm not from Concord but I brought Lisa here so you brought your gal yeah. from Cardiff right yeah, I mean, I, th I remember the first date, I told her straight up, like, I'm going back to Canada. <laughs> so you might not want to do this. is the plan. <laughs> yeah, I, I did my best to scare her away. And, and, and she, uh, no, she was okay with that, I guess. And here we are. And, you know, it's been really tough, obviously, the last um, year and a half with everything going on. She hasn't had a chance to see her family for, you know, since, since COVID hit. So, um, ditto, ditto, buddy. It's, it's rough. Yeah, where's your wife from? Uh, the U.S. Michigan. Okay, yeah. So you know they're coming down for the birth of um, our child here, so that's going to be really exciting to see them again. It's been a long time. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure I would have met them, right? I think. Uh, no. Would they have my, been? Would they have watched ooh, Devils games or no? Not after I left. I don't think. No. But maybe. Okay. I, I have no so. idea. Maybe. No, not. they're not. <laughs> I don't think so. Like the mom used to go sometimes, but I don't think that her dad's a big uh, footballer. Okay. Not a, not a hockey guy, but he, West Ham United is, is his team. <laughs> and uh, you are back in, are you in Cambridge now? Yeah, I'm in Cambridge now. I, we moved to Toronto for a few years um, for my other job, like medical device sales. I was doing that. And uh, then we moved back to Cambridge uh, three years ago. So, yeah, it's been uh, a wild ride. It's been good. So, so that brings us into today's sponsor, which is... Um, whatever you're doing now. So tell us, what are you doing now? Well, I'm a real estate agent now for uh, Remax. Um, I've been doing that for, I'm in my second year now. Uh, and yeah, so if you're, uh, if you're in need of help for anything house related, buy, sell, or invest, give me a call. Perfect. And it is like the, the, the real estate market is just looney tunes these days but it's um, crazy yeah, yeah like but building houses and the price of wood and all of it is just yeah it, it's something um but i don't think it's going down folks so if you want to get in 
call Chris, get in contact. <laughs> He'll be more than happy to help you out in the Cambridge area, right? Sure. Yep. Or anywhere, anywhere folks. Anywhere, yeah. We'll buy and sell anywhere. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess then we'll get into your minor hockey. We're going to get into it because sure. basically where we cross paths is I can bring it up basically anywhere we go in your career because I yeah. was there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So let's do your minor hockey wherever okay. it was to the Dominators. So yeah, I was in Cambridge the whole way through. And when we first started, we were double A because it was a smaller town, but it's grown a lot since, you know, I've, I've moved here as a kid. And when I first got here, it was Galt, Preston and Hesler were separated and they each had a single A team and we had a double A team in Galt and then they combined. And then we got a triple A team, I think when I was around eight or nine. So I played triple A pretty much all the way up until, um, until everyone hit puberty. And then I went down to single A because I was <laughs> a little bit behind my peers for a couple of years so i think you weren't years. ready to shower with the boys until a little later I, <laughs> dude I, my first year of high school i was the smallest person in the school boys and girls i was like five foot tall 110 pounds soaking wet so it was uh some tough sledding some tough teenage years for me but once i had the growth spurt uh things started to come together and got back up to triple a and and i just couldn't i couldn't play for cambridge they just they, they had this thing where, I don't know about where you played, but they always wanted these guys from Sault Ste. Marie in Cambridge. There was some connection there, and they'd always sign these guys first. And, and um, um, you know, it's it kind of like with any team, though, like when they sign their new players or they get guys from out of town, like yeah. everybody wants to play with their new toy for a little bit, right? Like, and then they realize yeah. like which toy actually is better than the other toy and but they always want to play with the new toy first and yeah. uh that that i that sounds like what you mean well so my third year i was i was done both years of midget trip and it was kind of like if i don't make a junior team i'm just like done hockey at this point like this is crazy so i can't and have then that. as soon as you made junior b in guelph like you were good man like you scored like a lot of points like your rookie year and that's yeah. why you win rookie of the year as like a 37 year old right well, I got lucky. I kind of, um, I marketed myself that summer. So I wrote letters to every junior B team in Ontario and I had tryouts pretty much everywhere. Basically, you know, it was crazy. I had, I had teams coming from other areas to watch me at other teams tryouts because I couldn't make their tryout because it was nuts. So I created this like stir that summer just by like marketing myself. It was hilarious. Well, by the way, um, one of my sponsors is the Bayfield Brewing Company and I'm about to crack <laughs> a navigating Lieutenant. So cheers, buddy. There you um, go. But the thing is, is like all the junior teams, this is what people like, you know, you never really think of it as yeah. all the junior teams tryouts are all at the same time. So if yep. you get cut from the junior team you were trying out for, well, yep. all the other teams were having their own tryouts. So why are they looking at you now? Right? Yeah. I don't know. It was strange. I, it was really strange. And I got offered a bunch of spots even without trying out like well and wanted to sign me like right away. And, and uh, so I went into Cambridge's first tryout. And at back then, I don't know if it's still the same, but they own my rights. So I had to like basically say to them, Hey, like, do you guys want me? If you don't like I'm leaving and they wouldn't give me to Guelph. They actually traded me. They traded me and another nobody for Frank Doyle, the goalie, which was a horrible trade at the time. I don't know why that, how that happened, but uh, Frank Doyle got traded where to, to, to Cambridge for me and Kevin Gibbs was his name. And is that right? Cause Doyle yeah. was good. He's very, I couldn't believe it either. My coach said, yeah, I traded you guys for Doyle. I'm like, why? 
<laughs> like, oh, thank you. I guess. Like, who's going to play net for us now? And that's why we, you know, we had a big hole in that when he was gone, but they had us, but uh, we couldn't score enough to keep, to keep up with the teams they were putting in our net, but we tried, but yeah, it was a great, great start. Um, I got to play with Kevin and another guy, JP O'Connor. We kind of hit it off right away. And yeah, I think 10 or 12 games in, I had a full scholarship at Clarkson. Like I literally just played 10 games of junior and that was it. Well, and that's back when like that league got scholarships. And I think it's really yeah. sad, especially like with my kid growing up around here, yeah. like it's sad to hear you shouldn't go to that league. If you want a scholarship like that, that that's, that's what they say, man. Like oh, man. I, I, I tried to help a, a kid out around town a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I asked around and I said, what's this guy got to do? He was in Elmira at the time. And, yeah. and he, they said he needs to go elsewhere. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. That's it was tough we, to hear. Cause we, I mean, you know, you and Agates and then they had Mitchell and McKinnon. I mean, you, there's like oh. two or three guys on every team, right. That, that well, and the, like for the sugar Kings there, we played a game Niagara against Western Michigan. There was seven sugar Kings in the game. Sure. Yeah. Like rank and hog and those guys. Right. Yeah. Well, rank wasn't, he was St. Lawrence. <laughs> there was, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, but the, yeah, no. So there was eight scholarships from my junior B team. And now to hear it's not happening is tough. It's tough to hear for guys like us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was really fortunate. I mean, having that hot start and having, you know, leading league and scoring when they come to look in that early signing period was great. Like people I had so many options. This was unbelievable. I'm so why like, Clarkson? Ah, uh, so, so it was between, it was actually Western Michigan, Clarkson and Cornell were like the main three. And I went and visited Cornell and Clarkson. I was supposed to go to Western Michigan. It's weird how those were the same teams sniffing around like everybody in that league. It's like they each know, have right? their league. They, they look at. Yeah. Yeah. Go it ahead. is weird. Um, you're right. That's a good point. But uh, yeah, I went to Cornell and first guy I meet was Doug Murray, which when you're, 18 years old and 160 pounds was absolutely frightening this guy was that huge six foot seven swedish guy 260 and and then i meet the coach and the coach is like yeah you're way too small to play college hockey that's what he said to me on my recruiting trip so i was like whoa i guess i'm not going here and uh, then i watched them play that night and they played against a weaker team they played holy cross and they lost like 5-1 i'm like well these guys aren't very good i didn't really know much about college hockey at the time and then I go over to Clarkson and they, they're actually playing the university of Waterloo where right by where I'm from. And they smoke them like five, nothing. And I go out with the guys after and have a great time. Like, well, I guess I'm coming here, but I guess I'm the only guy to ever turn down a Ivy league education. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Like it, it is weird. Like not knowing it sounds like yeah. you're very similar to me. Cause I didn't know much, right. There wasn't no. the information out there. Like there is now where everybody can research everything. Like, yeah, you're right. That was early days of the internet back then. Like, yeah. <laughs> wasn't as much going on on the internet. No, not at all. And like, you couldn't really research the schools. Like, you'd get no. their pamphlet in the mail, and that was about what you were working with, right? I only knew one team, and that was Michigan. And it was probably because of the football. <laughs> not even. I knew it because of their helmets. I had seen the helmets it on TV, cool. the yellow right. and blue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, so then you go to Clarkson and you turn down Cornell, but uh, I did have seen Doug Murray absolutely yep. destroy people in college. Yep. There, he saw he threw two of the biggest body checks I've ever seen in my life in at Western Michigan, and like I thought oh, the yeah. person was dead, 
Um, but like that big yeah. boy shouldn't have been playing university. Like, Oh, he got me good. My freshman year, I still have neck problems from it, but uh, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. I think it's a nerve in my neck. He hit me really hard. Another time he had me and another guy in the corner, one guy in each arm, just pinning us that bat member back when you could pin a guy for a minute. Yeah. I was just the whole like shit. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. At one point I just like gave up, went limp. I'm like, I can't get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> they go, Cornell goes down the other way on like a, I guess it would have been a four on three and score. <laughs> and he's <laughs> holding on to both. Yeah. <laughs> both of us the whole time. But that was back when that was a great play. You pinned a guy in the corner for the whole shift. Like you could just hold him. Yeah. You could do a lot of things back in the day. It was yeah, it wasn't totally really different for us. Right. Like this is so, why it's it's hard to see now because kids kids that get 20 goals now get signed to NHL deals. I'm like, I got 20 goals when I had guys like literally pulling on my jersey and tackling and spearing me. <laughs> oh, it was it was it so, different. so different. This is so different. Yeah. Um, but how what were your years in Clarkson? Because that was yeah. one of the schools that talked to me too, which is oh, really? it, 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 yeah. yeah. Um they did they more just sent the pamphlets, they were more tire kickers with me they never got serious but yeah. um that was probably because they already had a scoring right winger which we've discussed is that our careers went the same way but and maybe western michigan was hot on you so they were like we don't need this guy and they that's why they just sent me the pamphlets you know there you know, go maybe. that's right that's um, why they were tire kickers with you <laughs> that's right uh it was great i had a great time our first year we, were, we had a good team um got to play a lot initially no i mean it was kind of like that everywhere I went. It, it took a while to prove like that I could play for whatever reason. And, and I was healthy scratch, like the first, first game, second game, I get in there. My light, my centerman gets knocked out second shift. We're playing St. Cloud and Malone comes across and just buries them. I'm like, didn't see the ice for the rest of the game. So it was a tough first weekend for me, but uh, eventually, you know, you get going, you get a couple goals and you get your confidence and, and things went well, but um, yeah, we, Clarkson was interesting. We had, a, we had a coach my first year, Mark Morris, who in their second year had an incident with a player. I don't, you probably heard about it. And um, I probably did at the time. I wouldn't remember it. Well, I didn't see it. I don't know what happened. There Basically, there was a three-on-three three with the guys that weren't playing at the other end. I guess one of the guys that wasn't playing wasn't happy about not playing. And yeah. have, I, the story was might have like rubbed him out a little bit. And I guess the coach got really upset and tried to fight him. And it was just a not a good scene and he ended up getting fired right so that's right at the beginning of my sophomore year and we ended up having 11 coaches in four years it was crazy <laughs> i so. could totally see that happening though the way hockey guys are like you get yeah. a competitive dude that like makes a decision and you know he he's got his whatever his personality is yeah and then <laughs> the player rubs him out because he's pissed off and there's some guys that just maybe can't deal with those things especially right. when you get them in skates with yep. a stick and they're playing a three-on-three -three game and you're trying to win like yeah. i could see things getting array and getting too competitive like i i mean i got too competitive in political ball this week <laughs> you know yeah it was a different time then i mean i think um you know we were it, things were kind of heightened because of the Vermont incident the year before too. Or oh, that's when we were that. in school. Right. So that's yeah. when that happens is when we're in school. Right. So every, all the admin were pretty like, you know, so the thing that I think uh, did in my coach at the time, he probably would have been fine. Um, the admin, like the AD and a couple other people had just happened to be watching from the stands at the time when it happened. So 
Um, it ended up working out well for him. He went on to coach and pro for many years with uh, LA Kings organization. He was in Manchester. So he, he did well for himself. I think he's got a Stanley Cup ring, but. Well, he sounds he, competitive. He was like the king of the North country, that guy. He was like, it was kind of like, uh, we always joke, but it was like varsity blues. <laughs> a little bit, like that kind of stuff. Well, Clarkson is such a tiny town, right? Potsdam. Did you ever, did you ever get a chance to play there? When you uh, were no, I played against, I guess it would be <clears throat> Union and Colgate oh, yeah. maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Beautiful place today. Union. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. No, I never got to see Clarkson though. I, I yeah. you know, some of those university arenas, like they're the coolest arenas in hockey, man. Yeah. Like they're better than anywhere else. For sure. Yeah. We had a great rink right in the center of campus that, you know, had a bar in the rink and everything. It was all, we had a great time. And, and the thing about going to a small school, I think was good was like, you're always around the boys. Like there was no other distractions. It was just you and the guys and, we had just such a great time with each other. And that, that was the best part for me, for sure. Oh, man. Western Michigan was the time of my life, too. It just sucked that we sucked. But <laughs> the rest of life was fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then you do your four years and you put up good numbers the whole way like you did your whole career. I've, I've looked at it. Basically, you did the same hmm. thing I was. You, yeah, you scored where you went, but you couldn't go anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. um, so... Sure. You, uh, your pro options out of Clarks and what, what's the deal? Uh, not great. I mean, <clears throat> so my junior year was a good year. I had 19 goals and, you know, one of the top scorers in the country senior year. We had a bit of a rough year. I broke my wrist like halfway through the season. It wasn't bad, but it was like bad enough that it hurt to play. I, I played anyway. It's like, Did you it's say it was a broken wrist and it wasn't that bad. Well, it was like a fracture, right? So it was just like annoying. It hurt, but it wasn't like completely broken right through. But like, I was like, this is my senior year. Like I kind of got to play, right? I don't know. Yeah. So I played with like a playing cast, some games and or taped up or whatever. And, it, you know, that affects me a little bit. But uh, so I didn't have a, as great a senior year um, personally. And our team didn't do as well either. But uh, so coming out, yeah, we didn't have much option. It was, I, I had a tryout in Rochester in the AHL. That's where I started. And they had a double affiliation that year. So there was about 84 guys there with, a, with NHL deals battling basically. And, uh, and then us, right. These, uh, these, um, you know, rookies out of college. I remember going out there too. And the, the trainer gave me a helmet and had no face mask on. And I'm like, should I have a mask on? He's like, no, you're fine. Just get out there. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> we, when we first went pro, that was when there were no face masks, still, right? Like, uh, yeah, it was weird. That I mean, was the very last year. But so when or yeah. when I left university, like you could play without one. Yeah. And then it switched the next year. That's right. Yeah. So I, I didn't last very long there, and then um, I had a deal signed with Toledo. I ended up going to Toledo. Another. See, it's funny. I always end up in, like, I'm not the guy for the small rink, but I always end up in the small rink, Toledo and Cardiff and for whatever reason. But uh, I, I really enjoy playing there. We had a great team. We had a lot of fun together. Can we talk about that rink? I would, I want to hear your opinion of it. I mean, as a home player, it was phenomenal. But what do you think? Wow, man. I <laughs> so like, I have some great memories from that rink. Like, it was, there were people smoking in the stands. Yep. Um oh, yeah we would have like our one fighter lane Matson. Um, I think he was in goon too. Um, yeah. like the, the fans could re like, he was so tall that they yeah. could like reach his head over the glass and they were trying to like punch him while he's fighting. And, oh, yeah. um, 
No, it was, uh, and then I got in a line brawl there. I got, I started it and I, uh, I got beat up badly. And then I was in the penalty box, like with my whole side of my face swollen and I'm taking pictures with the fans and we're all laughing and no, it's just a great rink. I really enjoyed it. I wish they still played there. Yeah. It was old school hockey for sure. And a huge advantage for us. I mean, we, we played a game, I think we were playing Johnstown. We outshot them 60 to like 12 and they didn't get a shot in the third period, which apparently was like a record at the time. <laughs> you could, the home ice advantage, like was just incredible, right. With the fans and the small rink, like it was, uh, and the guys with the megaphone, you probably remember those guys hanging over the bench there. And it was just a special place to play and um, fun town too. And that first year we made it to the conference finals. We, we played Gwinnett. So we go down to Gwinnett and we split in Gwinnett. We're coming back to Toledo for three. And we're like, wow, like we got this. Like we've lost, we've, I think we lost five games all year in the arena at that point. And uh, so we come back on a Tuesday, Wednesday, there's a kid rock concert in our arena. And like, there's no way we're not going to kid rock in Toledo. <laughs> so we go to this concert and we have a game the next day. And we ended up losing three in a row. So maybe we shouldn't have went to the concert, but it was probably the best concert I ever went to. <laughs> so I kind of thought I did. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those yeah. are the decisions you make, I guess. Right. Yeah. But, those uh, are the decisions you make. Um, we, we had fun. And sometimes I, some people can go to that concert and win the next day. Some people can't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we should have won. We were fine. It wasn't like guys were drinking a lot, but uh, we no, but uh, like that arena was, was just, it was incredible. It was like, that yeah. was my first, so what happened was that was my first East coast hockey game was, was getting sent um, from, I was in the AHL from the time I left college. Yeah. The end of my senior year, start of the next year. And then they're like, okay, you're going to go down and get some ice time and play. And my first game <laughs> is in that rink. And yeah. my gosh, yeah. I was like, where the hell am I? There's people yeah smoking cigs beside the bench there's people crushing beers you're getting spilt on you're sitting in normal chairs on like in and it yeah and then there's people trying to punch lane manson in the head over the glass it was nuts you had to walk through the crowd to get out right and one of the funniest things i saw was a game i wasn't playing i was walking around between periods (laughs) like these guys are drinking beers and riding the visiting teams like exercise bikes they had out in the concourse <laughs> it was so funny man. oh <laughs> gosh yeah this no like it was a great place to play and like yeah toledo and dayton the year i was there we had some good battles um yeah, you had a good team yeah yeah we never did play in the playoffs and we did go to the finals but so you go from there and you i i all i wrote was old barn two great years for you personally but then you didn't get called up so then you go to reading yeah. And you get called up by three different teams in one year. So you must have really felt like you were part of a team that year, eh? <laughs> well, I actually did get called up at the end of the second season in Toledo. It was the playoffs, though. Okay. Toledo, so you might have missed that. So I played research team wasn't on it today. Sorry, okay. I was busy with the kids. My bad. That's okay. But uh, no, I went to Reading because uh, Toledo was shutting down for a couple of years because they were building the new rink, right? So they weren't going to play. And uh, I could go anywhere. And Reading was the team to go to if you wanted to get called up. So I'm like, I might as well go there. So I went there and got my opportunity to play in the American League, which was a lot of fun. And, and uh, yeah, I just couldn't, uh, you know, really unlucky up there. I went up there. I thought I played really well, uh, definitely defensively. You know, I just, 
I couldn't score for whatever reason. I don't know. I'll never understand that. A lot of posts, a lot of, I had like a few disallowed goals too. It was really weird. It was so strange. I, had, I only ended up ever scoring one goal in the AHL, which was an empty netter actually too. Oh uh, yeah. You, 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 you more than outscored me, sir. I didn't get a point. I never mustered up one. Did you have a lot of chances or what? Like how did you find playing in that league? I thought it was the, I thought I played the worst I've ever played oh, in that really? league. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was so, I guess I didn't know what pro was going to be like. And when it was what mm -hmm. it was back then, when I got there from college and yeah. I saw these absolute mutants and that was like, yeah. that was a third of our forward lines were just absolute mutants that would just kick the shit out of the other team. Yep. And then there's me playing on the fourth line and I never really got a chance to actually like yeah. show them what I could do on a power play or whatever. And yeah. it was like, well, why did you bring me here to play on the fourth line? I don't understand. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I, but I, I honestly, looking back on it yeah. and in the mirror was, it was the least confidence I played with. I was looking at everybody else and like taking in all the guys fighting and what was going on on the ice instead of just playing my game and playing hockey, I was brutal and I deserved exactly what I got when you, I was there. You came right out of college and went straight to the American League, though, right? So did you ever go down and go back up, or did you just go down and stay down? I went back up, um, okay. yeah. And then what I found was when I went back down to the coast, because I was on a one-way HL deal the first year. Yeah. Um, but then uh, when I would go up to the AHL and I would play there, even if it was on the fourth line, like a couple shifts, when I go back down the coast, the game just felt slower and it felt easier. It and it, weird, I, yeah. yeah. And I'd have confidence. And then all of a sudden after like four or five games, you're back to yeah, same old East coast player, but yeah. Yeah. It's weird how you get better by playing with better players. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it was strange for me. Like I remember the first, time I went up um, and stayed a while was Manitoba and we were going into a game <clears throat> in Texas and I'm like wow like a couple guys got sent down from the show I'm like wow there's no way I'm playing today right so I'm like just walking in all loosey-goosey like going to the dressing room I look in the board and I'm on the second line <laughs> I was like what and they had Grabner like like Grabner the guy that gets like four Mikhail the guy that yeah. gets all the breakaways and then they shoots in the goalie's him. chest they scratched yeah. him and put me in for him. And I was, and like, you know, you don't want to be that guy in the room. I felt like so awkward, like when that happened and I didn't know what to do and I didn't play a very good game that game, but I was like, just in shock that that happened. But well, uh, do you know, what's funny when you start a podcast, um, you realize where the people are from that you talk to and that you want to talk to um, <laughs> for my podcast of all the guys that are very close to making up it, but didn't quite make it. A lot of us seem to be from small towns that yep. didn't quite have the confidence in ourselves to make it. We're not from the big city and the guys that played in the, <laughs> in the, the leagues in Europe, don't seem to be from the big city either okay they seem to be from small towns that would live in the little apartments and whatnot like that sure. just seems to be what's happening and there's a lot of guys i seem to have on that seem to be from nova scotia really yeah i would have said thunder bay a lot of guys from thunder bay <laughs>
Under no, the... it's just very interesting. Like yeah. when you look back on it, it's like Stan Butler was on, I don't know what episode it was. I've had too yeah. many lately, but he said, OMHA players lack confidence and GTHL players do not lack confidence. And there's really? no doubt about that when you start podcasting around. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I can, I think that's a fair, fair assessment. I always had a chip on my shoulder, so I always wanted to prove people wrong, but yeah, I think, you know, when I'm looking back at like when I actually played in the HL, there's something there mentally probably that prevented me from playing my game and same with you and whatever. And who knows, maybe I should have went and saw that sports psychiatrist. <laughs> maybe I should have talked to you. It sounds like you have it figured out. <laughs> hey man, I'm, I am like a, I'm like a sports psychologist on this podcast. Hey, AZ sunset coming at you folks. Bayfield brewing company. Um, <laughs> anyways, moving on. Um, you get called up to three different teams and you're in yeah. Reading and you're rocking it. Um, but that's your third year pro and yeah. you're still in the coast. So then you decide to make the decision to go to the Norgeland Cobras <laughs> of the Danish league. Yeah. That's Where's right. that? It was in Horsholm, Denmark, which is like 15 minutes outside of Copenhagen. It's like a little, uh, suburb you were right by Copenhagen. Oh yeah. It was a nice spot, man. And there was like some incredible houses on the ocean there. Like it was a great spot, great town. Um, Denmark was an interesting place to live to see how like those people live compared to us. Like, I mean, you live there, you, you saw it, like it's completely different. Yeah. You know, everyone's riding bikes everywhere. Like I'd, I'd drive to the rink and I'd see like a, you know, a man and his son who's like eight years old going for a jog. Like when you see that, like around here, it's like, everyone's in good shape like you know you go out to a restaurant and the proportions are small and you're like oh maybe they've got it figured out here i don't know yeah, so. no it's a little different than when you head to michigan and it's like the large is like the super large <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah no um for me denmark was weird because i was in a like a, a rural town i was kind of like in bruce county like i live now but in denmark yeah and um like the people that live near copenhagen was a completely different world and like i had nothing going on where i was did you play in the new rank or the old rank the new okay did you ever see pictures of the old rink oh i practiced in it i practiced in it so i played in the old rink when that's when you were there yeah and it was for the nordland cobras nord zealand they changed the name every year because they went bankrupt every year that's why i ended up leaving halfway and going to germany (laughs) because they let us leave because they had they ran out of money but that that was the year of the financial crisis right so our, our main sponsor that was on the front of our jersey was supposed to pay them like in the hundreds of thousands of euros for that apparently and they never paid anything to them because of the financial crisis so they're like we have run out of money and uh you guys are free to go wherever you want so <laughs> my agent got on the phone and got me over to germany in at ravensburg there and that was a, just an amazing place to play well and that's what i wanted so let's get into that right now because yeah. uh can do sprechen ein bisschen deutsch uh, ich sprechen ein bisschen deutsch oh okay now <laughs> uh, but um, i was there like just not even a year really but you were there you must speak it fluently right? oh seven years sure and spice i was there for <laughs> yeah six years man i was wow. i was 
I was into it there by the end, but then uh, I was kindly asked to not, uh, I wasn't asked back. And then you kind of just forget it as you go. Right. Like one more year, you would have had your pass, right? Is that what you're going to say? No, I wouldn't have done that because the way it works is is if it's through fam, if it's through family, you can keep your Canadian passport. If it is not through family, if it's because you lived in Germany for seven years and played hockey, you have to give up your Canadian. Is that what McKinnon did then? Because or Mitchell, I mean, because Mitch Mitchell's still there, I think, playing. There would be guys that would have given wow. it up, and then when it's time to come back, you're yeah. basically like everybody else trying to come back. You're not, you don't, do not have a passport anymore, and I wasn't doing that. But some yeah, of guys, some of the guys over there apparently back in the day would uh, pay a girl to marry them and get their passport that way, like the first year they went over. Yeah, no, I've, I've like, heard was, of, uh, like, there's some guys stores. that did uh, lock it up pretty quick there um, over <laughs> there that I've seen, but uh, they're still yeah. playing. Yeah, but oh, yeah. Uh, the thing is, is like then, yeah, they got little German kids and they're over in Germany and they're there. And like, yeah, I, I mean, it's what to each their own. Like, like yeah. you said to your wife, you said, yeah. I'm going home. I was pretty upfront about that. So she had, she had her op- opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was, I was pretty, yeah. I was pretty straight up the whole time too, that like Canada was yeah. where I was going to be. Yeah. We, we were away for so long. I think for me anyway, like um, I just, you know, I always wanted to go back and live there and, and, you know, it's gone really well. And we have a family here now. My son, Logan is two years old and just, he's a handful and now we're adding another one. I don't know how we're going to do that. we got a dog too, a little dog. So it's did just, we, we skipped over the, well, I guess I said, where, and what are you doing now? But I, a couple of my sure questions were uh, kids question mark. Yeah. So yeah. You, yeah. So you got Logan and then you got the, the gal on the way, any the names picked way. out yet? Uh, we, we got a couple. We're not, we're not sure what we're going to go with yet, but, um, game time decision, yeah, we'll, game time decision. We'll, we'll be able well, to hopefully play. somebody's going to have their Jersey up in the stall when they get off warmups. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Like no, it, in the HL. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So no, de- um, where are we at? We're at, we're at Germany now. So Germany, so you were there six years. My gosh, beating high. I don't think I actually played against you. I was thinking about this. Oh, yeah, you did. You played against me for Ravensburg in the old beating high marina, not the new one. Like, I no, never I played. I don't know if one. I did because that first really? year we definitely didn't play you guys because I only maybe played- it was Ash Goldie. I just know there was guys from around here. That- I was injured that year. The whole year I played like seven games and I don't think one was against you guys. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. I just I, knew I, you were in the league again. And that's what was just was like bizarre. Like, God, this guy's following me everywhere. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot um, of, uh, a lot but of like Ravensburg's a great city. Right. And it was a good yeah. rank. It was a good organization. Good fans. I played there and it was one of those organizations that like, you're like, this looks like a good setup for hockey players. Right. It was awesome. Awesome ownership. Great rank, great fans, great town, like really great downtown. We had a lot of fun there. And they had us living on a, I was living on a farm actually. There's these vacation condos on a farm, but it was incredible. Like I have a, this huge back like porch. I go on, I have a view of the mountains and like I'm on a farmer's field. I'm like, this is like, like not real life. This is unbelievable. So I had a great time there. I loved it. So what, ha- what happened that year? So, so, okay, here's my question. Okay. 
is because when you get over to Europe, it's basically you got to find a home. You got to find where the fans like you, the GM likes you, the coach likes you. You got to find a home. And you go from the Nordsland Cobras who go bankrupt. Then you go to the Ravensburg team. You do a decent playoffs. And then you re-sign there for the next year. So it looks like maybe that's a good setup, but you only play seven games. What happens there? My wrist, I had um, my wrist was killing me all year. I couldn't figure it out. I kept trying to play. I'd have it taped. It's not all the same way. fracture as from before. I have bad shoulders too. So I had shoulder surgery uh, my fresh after my freshman year of college and after my second year pro. Um, and then my wrist acted up in Germany, my left wrist, top hand. And I don't know. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And I was getting, you know, treatment this all year. And they actually sent me to Bayern Munich's doctor's football team it was incredible i went through their like medical facility they had like a team of doctors like doing all these tests it was crazy and uh that must have cost them a fortune i'm really glad they did that and i ended up getting surgery there and and what they wanted to operate on this is where i got interested in like surgery and all that and this is how i ended up in medical device like i was studying like what was wrong with my wrist trying to figure it out and i wanted to be awake during surgery that was an option Cause I didn't, I didn't think the guy was right. Like he's, he was trying to do this one surgery. I'm like, I don't think that's where it hurts. And I don't think that's going to fix it. And he, it didn't. So my friend, uh, Mac Faulkner's dad at the time was an orthopedic surgeon. He got me in with a guy back in Toronto. So they flew me home to Toronto to get surgery. And I was done there. I wasn't going to play that year, but, um, I ended up getting surgery in Toronto and, and basically the whole, like basically there's a tendon that runs down your wrist here. And the whole thing had just disintegrated. And they had to replace it. So I've got like uh, somebody's hamstring tendon in my, in my wrist right now. So I'm pretty sure my, I'm pretty sure my old man was one of the guinea pigs of that original surgery. Yeah. For his wrist. eh? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, It's a pretty rare surgery. I, it, it, it was related to the broken wrist. They said like you were right. So basically a bone had like like healed improperly and the tendon was rubbing over it for years and it was just tearing like twines off a rope. And eventually it just went right through, right? So I had no, like, I couldn't move my hand, like, left and right, basically. Well, this Mac Faulkner and his old man keep coming up on pods. Tyson Marsh brought them up, mm-hmm. too. Like, they seem like great people. Maybe. Oh, definitely. I, maybe I can get Mac on someday. Yeah, for sure. You should. Yeah, he's a <laughs> good storyteller. Um, well, that sucks. You had to deal with that with the wrist, man. Being yeah. injured was the the hardest years of my life. The, yeah. the I, I when I look back on it, the the time I was least myself was when <laughs> I was injured, right? Yeah, you don't feel like you're a part of the team. Like you're just kind of there, and you're trying to train and get back, and and you don't really have a brutal. purpose other than like trying to get back. You're not part of the boys. Yeah, and this is where it like comes to you know I I, I go I end up going back play in North America because I, I wasn't ready for, for Europe at the time. And uh, I come back and I, again, I had like a hot start and I get called up to the AHL again. I'm like, Whoa, like I'm, I'm here again. This is weird. Like I thought my career was over like three years ago, but so I, I went to Bridgeport played really well there and, and stuck around for a little while. And, and well, then, I saw, so I guess we're there now is um, yeah. you go back to North America, which, so you play your seven games, obviously, you know, they don't have a, enough track record with you to sign you over the other thousand imports they could sign. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, end up going back to prove yourself one more time. And 
I got down here, you had just a gigantic year. Like yeah. you had like well over a point a game and you're called up by four different teams. And that's yep. like at like shit, man, you got to be at least 50 by now. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, 27, 28 that year, I think. I can't remember. But it was funny going back because the guys on my team are making fun of me for being the old guy on the team. Right? I'm 27, like, which is funny to think about now. But but uh, some of the guys on the other teams in the league thought I was a rookie. They didn't know because I they didn't play. You came me. back from. I'd yeah. come back They're like who's it? Where does this guy come from? Who is it? Because and I can't grow a beard either or anything, right? I got the baby face, so mm. kind of fooled them there. But yeah, no, I had a had a great uh, line that I was on, and we just kind of hit it off right away again, and get called up to Bridgeport and got a point in my first game, and just kind of I don't know, fit in well there. It was going well and. Yeah, it just never, never, it did well, just not well enough to stick, if that makes sense, right? And But, no, it's just, it's, it's weird. It's a weird life, the North yeah. American minor pro. Like, you go up to the AHL and you're trying to prove yourself, but you're like, I play the way I play. And it's like, when you yeah. look back on it, like, if you just played your game, like, instead of worrying about all the shit, you know? It's just, well, but you can't because you, you don't, you're not used to sitting there all, all game and then you just go yeah. out for one shift and then you're supposed to perform and you can't, but moving on, yeah, you do have a good year. You rip it up and then you prove you should be back in Europe, which I think Mac Faulkner is another part of this story, kind of <laughs> like Tyson Marsh, but yeah. you go to written Renown. That's right. Yeah, and funny enough, I almost went to Sondurusk instead right before that. Sondurusky. Sondurusky. I was going to go there. But, what did you um, say? I don't know. Sondurusk? Sondurusk? How do you say it? Sondurusky. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have great memories of that place. It was the old rink. And I, I can't remember if they had the new rink at the time. And, and then Mac was like, just come to Italy. It'll be great. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go to Italy. That sounds like a great time. And it was. It was phenomenal place to play like everywhere you look is the postcard it was beautiful you live on the mountain like we had this guy dan toot and speaking of guys that like get married and stay there like he got he he married a girl from there they built a house on the mountain with these incredible views and he played there for like i want to say like 20 years i think he just retired so he had a nice little i played against there. that team in beatingheim for sure and Did that you? guy was on the team yeah yep. they definitely played an exhibition game there yeah, he was a legend, that guy. So, and he, he's still living there. And it's a, and it's like a I say, place. you got if you go to Europe, if if you want to like stay for a long time, you got to find a home. You got to find where they like you. And that guy yeah. did that, right? See, I was the opposite. I wanted to travel and see places, right? I was kind of looking at it that way. And here's my opportunity to live in all these different places, right? I didn't want to be in one place too long. The only place I would have stayed longer is is probably Cardiff, to be honest with you. Right. Um, and and, and like for me i was more like i want to make a career and like oh yeah but like yeah when you look back on there's so many different yeah. decisions to make through the whole thing so you yeah. go to italy or we're in italy now right yeah. so then what's the what's the lifestyle like and the food like there food's incredible i mean <clears throat> it was a small town um Everything is like Are we going to bring this up to the North American folks yet that there's no, actually no spaghetti and meatballs in the world? Did they know? Did North Americans know there's no spaghetti and meatballs? It's called spaghetti bolognese. That's right. And, there, and there's no balls. There's there's no balls, right? That was the one. The food was great. But the one thing I'll say, like where we were, it was a German part of Italy. So it was actually like 
used to be part of Germany, Austria. So you're eating schnitzels. Yeah. So it was more of a German menu everywhere you went and pizza. But there was like literally 10 items to choose God from. Damn. It's like we're talking dirty to each other and I don't <laughs> even know it. <laughs> so it was an interesting spot, beautiful spot. I mean, you walk into town and you go to the local butcher, you know, everyone, you, you, you know, everyone on a first name basis, you grab your meat there, you go over the gro- little grocer, you know, that guy too, you grab your groceries. And then we were members, um, we had free memberships just like in Germany with these wellness centers where you have the sauna and the hot tubs and the pools and you know all that stuff, right? So it was just like, you know, you're just living the dream there. That was so fun. Oh man, that, that sounds like living. Yeah, no. Beautiful. Um, okay, so then I think it's time. You're playing with Mac Faulkner there, I believe, yeah. right? So yeah. do you guys both go now to Cardiff together and how do you guys get there? <laughs> Well, I, Matt kind of jumped the gun and signed like right away. Like he, and you know, I was like, Max, hold out here. Like they're like, cause we were, I didn't know how much money you can make there, but the offers we were getting were tiny. Right. And we were, I'm like, Matt, let's go package deal. And like, like work this. So, but then I find out he signed already. I'm like, I have lost all my leverage. Like they know I'm coming there. <laughs> right. So, cause we want to do our MBAs, right. Max already signed. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So, I, I took what they gave me. It, it was, it was still a good deal. And, you know, back in that day, we were fortunate. We were the last ones that got to go to the Cardiff university, like the good one in town there. So I don't know what you're talking about. Cardiff Met's awesome. I'm not nothing against Cardiff Met. It's just, it's not a shut your mouth. When you're talking to me. <laughs> you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Oh, uh, you wish you went. Cardiff university is amazing, man. Do you ever go on the campus there? To any of the bars and stuff like that? Or do you guys kind of steer quick? No, never. I, I, I I'm a Cardiff Metropolitan a type guy. of student. Sorry. Is this a Cardiff Met podcast? Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I, we, I, I haven't talked to them yet, but they might sponsor it someday. <laughs> well, that's the, uh, if you, do you want the story of how they lost that deal? It's a good story. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Then we won't talk about it. We're not talking about it because <laughs> Cardiff Met is the perfect school for all players that want to get an MBA that, uh, sure. want to go to Cardiff because, um, there's different players that have different backgrounds um, that, you know what, not everybody's cut out for Cardiff (laughs) university, but um, um, nobody, nobody knows the difference over here. You're fine. (laughs) um, Why are you letting the cat out of the bag? (laughs) You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. That's funny. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. So no, seriously though. Um, that school you went to was like intense, right? Like you guys did three semesters instead of two. And I heard, cause the way our schedule worked was like all the stuff that was really due, it all worked out with our schedule. It was like Christmas. It was this or it was that, but like, there was always time where we had off time to do stuff. Like you guys were living a different schedule and I heard it was a nightmare for you guys. Yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, it was pretty intense. I mean, playoff final weekend was like right around exam time too, right? So we were just studying, you know, during the playoff final weekend. And Matt wouldn't do that to you, folks. <laughs> well, it actually helped me because I played in that consolation game that year and everyone else went out drinking the night before and I was the only sober guy on the ice. So I got four goals that day. <laughs> <laughs> That'll pump up the stats. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was <laughs> That'll inflate the numbers. Kind of like we're doing this week, folks. Five podcasts in seven days. We're inflating the numbers. Fuck you, spitting chiclets. Wow, that's impressive. Right? 
Well, that's funny because um, when, uh, so my first year over there was the NHL lockout year and our coach is like, Hey, like, um, Oh, I actually, yeah, no, this, I, I didn't write it on the notes because I was, no, it wasn't on the notes, but I did see it was that your year in Cardiff was when, when he was there, eh? Well, it's funny. So that's summer beforehand. I'm coaching Can-Am hockey camp with Mac and, and Paul Bissonette's there too. And we're talking and he's like talking about where we're playing that year. And I had no idea that he was going to be playing with me in Cardiff that year. Like if anyone would have said that, I would have said you're drunk or on something, but Anyway, we're coming back home from practice and coach just said, Hey, listen, all the other teams are signing NHL guys. Do you have a guy that's going to be cheap on insurance was the number one because, because you had to pay their insurance clause. Right. And you, yeah. So we needed a league minimum guy. And you're like, I'm like, well, what do you need? He's like, well, we need someone to play forward ND and fight. I'm like, I got it. So I, I Facebook uh, Paul Bissonette. I don't have his phone number at the time. And I was like, Paul, Hey, what are you doing? You want to come out and play in Cardiff? He's like, you can get me a job. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. He didn't think he could get a job in Europe. So he was like on the next plane over. It was unbelievable. So he, he comes out and I think, did anyone tell the story of his first game? Probably, probably pigs. He probably did when he was on. Uh, right? No, we haven't told the story yet. Um, oh, really? No, we haven't. Pig said he wouldn't tell it because he might tell it on spit and chicklets, but I don't think I don't. Oh. If you're going on spit and chicklets, then don't no. tell the story. But if not, you're going to tell it, or the George brothers, somebody's going to tell it. I'll tell the story for you. Here we I'm go. I'm not going on spit and chicklets, but uh, I don't think he. Uh, so basically, I pick him up at the rink. Uh, he just comes in and <laughs> hold on, hold on, navigating lieutenant. <laughs> go ahead. He flies in. I pick him up at the rink to take him back to his um, apartments and show him the arena and the dressing room he was really great he was like oh this is fine this is good and like you know what it's like the first time you see that dressing room the big blue tent yeah and imagine coming from like you know you're playing the NHL. arizona and like you literally have like you know playboy bunnies and porn stars tweeting at you all day long and then you're gonna go play in a tent in cardiff but That's he was really cool, cool about actually. it actually he was really cool about it and i take him back and he's living with devin didi if you know him well wow, he uh, was uh, he he's 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 a potter we talked about it he, oh, yeah. he was on the podcast he's about episode he's early episode 14 folks i'm guessing that, that guy was a character my gosh he was he's a beauty play. though i really like that guy he was non-stop him and uh bisnet like i mean together were just <laughs> and our coaches put young a 19 year old Josh batch in the apartment with them. And they're so lucky that like, that kid could have went one of two ways, right. When living with those two guys, but obviously batch, turned out to be a really, you know, mature guy, awesome guy. So, um, but anyway, he's so batch is living with these two and they're just literally ripping up the town having a great time. But that first night he wanted to go out, he just flew over and you know, how tired you are. He's like, no, I want to go out. I'm like, well, we, we really have a game in Scotland tomorrow. Like we're literally getting on a bus at seven in the morning and driving all the way there and playing I'm like you sure you don't want some rest He's like nope i'm like well i don't think any of the guys are going out but i'll call the georges because like they'll go out with them for sure right so i called steve and chris and them they come pick up biz and they go out so i go to the bus in the morning and and our coach gerard adams is like where's biz i'm like what do you mean he's like it's not here no one can find him they can't get a hold of him he didn't come home last night i'm like good this is starting off really well <laughs> so we're literally sitting there like 
you know, 20 minutes past the time we have to leave, like waiting for him. And finally someone gets a hold of our PR lady at the time. And I guess she had come, he only had one phone number in the phone. It was her. And she picked him up because he was sleeping in the parking lot with the Georges in their car. Cause he couldn't get into his apartment because deeds wouldn't answer the door. <laughs> she picked him up, took him to her place. He slept on her couch. She brought him back to the bus. He hops on the bus and like, we're late and we're, we're going to take off. And I mean, it's just like, this guy's like, unbelievable so he, he stands up and he puts on these like skins like the real tight compression stuff he's like gotta squeeze the shit out of me from last night place. <laughs> I was just like just die laughing it was so funny and, and somehow he had these I never forget this he had these this box of blueberries I still don't know where he got them to this day and he was literally like like drinking the box of blueberries and he goes antioxidants boy <laughs> And then he passed out and he slept for like nine hours straight. Like I literally like didn't wake up the whole way. Guys walking all over him, like out cold, like the whole drive. And uh, we get there, we get on the ice for warm up, and he looks rough on warm up. I'm like, oh gosh, like, and my coach is like fuming. Like, this is ridiculous. Hey, don't get handsy on me. Sorry. He's like, this is ridiculous. Can you hear me now? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he goes out first shift and he goes end to end scores. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> he was unbelievable. He was like, and, and this is your reference. You, you stick I'm the guy. Neck. Yeah, I stick my neck over him. And like, he's like, what? Because listen, like, I don't care what anyone says. They make fun of him on the pod. He, Paul Bissnow was an incredible hockey player. Like, oh, he, man. I played, you were in the coast. Oh, I was in the coast. Yeah. And geez, like, geez. when he was a defenseman for yeah. wheeling, like, he was a legit player. Like, he makes fun of himself and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But when he was a defenseman, he was an offensive defenseman that was an all star that yeah. could beat up the other team. And make fun of everybody at the red line during warm up. And he was the show. He was entertainment. He was bringing in tickets back then. Dude, he came out and warm up with the uh, WWE belt against us the one time because he beat up our rookie the day before. Like he didn't care. He was. Yeah. He was oh, entertainment, yeah. man. He yeah. would do. And I would just be skating around watching this guy going, wow, this guy is something else. Uh, he'd be just ridiculing yeah. Yannick Tifu at the red line <laughs> and then trying to fight Lane Manson, who's 6'9". And yeah. he was, yeah, no, he is. He's a player. He's, he's, a, player. He, he's a gamer. He's, yeah. he's, he's there to provide yeah. entertainment, and he's a gamer. And obviously, you know, he, um, you know, turned himself into a forward and had a great career as, like, that enforcer, like, just great glue guy in the room kind of guy. And and we loved having him there. He was so much fun. And like, again, he proved himself again because he led the entire NHL in scoring in Europe that year. You look at the list in all the leagues. He had well over two points a game for us. Like he was killing it. He was unbelievable. So oh, and he didn't fight anybody. He didn't, he didn't fight once. They, no one wanted to fight him, I don't think. One game he went after Daryl Lloyd. I thought he was going to get him, but that was about it. He, uh, yeah, he, he was, he played it phenomenal. So yeah, he, his first game there was, I mean, to, to see a guy that flew all the way across and then drank all night and slept in a parking lot, like score three points. His first game was after a 10 hour bus ride. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> well, you know, that that's hockey, baby. That's, <laughs> and that's the Georgia brothers. I can't wait to talk to them about it. Cause they did tell me they would tell me about that. Yeah. So I want their side of the story too. I don't think I've ever heard that one. Anyways, moving on. All I got, here are my notes, okay? We're going to we read got? them out here. Cardiff, old era, 66 points in 52 games. 
second year to Sheffield slash win it question yeah. mark. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So first year we, you know, we had a pretty good team. That's <clears> quite the year. stats there. Your first year, the 62, 66 points in 52 games. That's pretty solid. Yeah. I had a good first year. I think I was finished like top five and, um, and then playoffs had a good playoff that year too. And we, um, you know, we were down like our first game we're playing Bray, we're down like seven, two. And like, that's when you play the aggregate, right? Like it's like one oh one, and we're like, Oh God, we're down five. Like this ain't good. So we scored, luckily we scored three quick ones late in the third and got her to win two and, and then ended up beating them at home by more than two and going on. And we actually scored first shift in the game against um, Nottingham in the, in the semis. And we're like, we're rolling here. And, if you want a good chuckle, I, I say this to all the guys, like go look at our lineup from that playoff. Cause we took a lot of heat that year. Go look at our lineup. We had like, I think four or five imports only left. Mac was out injured. There's a bunch of guys out injured. We had guys like young, young British guys that like just starting in the league, like literally playing the half on our second power play. Like I look up at one time during the game in, in the semifinals against Nottingham for 10,000 people. And there's young Rupert Quiney. He's like 18 years old on the half wall. <laughs> this guy, and he's a defenseman. Normally I'm like, Oh my gosh, like we're running really thin here. So basically what they did is they lowered up a line for the playoffs. And I played with the two other imports that were still there and we didn't have enough to beat uh, Nottingham, but we ended up losing and uh, losing to them six, three. And then we went to the, uh, the consolation game. I don't know if you ever played in that. Did you play in that? One? no no oh man so this game is the worst game because like everyone's out and you're just it's like a throw-in game i don't know no, i watched it i watched oh. uh when i was part of the cardiff devils we blew like or i was just the pregame speaker at the time but they blew the semifinals like six nothing and then they come in and say like you guys ain't just going out and having fun tonight when you just blew it six, nothing when you're the best team in the league, like you're showing up to play tomorrow, which kind of makes sense. And they show up to play more the next day. And the other team had been out Yeah, and it was quite apparent. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a rough game. I, and I feel bad for the fans that would watch that game because a lot of them would show up for that game, but, uh, well, anyway. Daryl Anders, who it will be, folks, we are getting away from the Cardiff Devils after oh. these episodes. We're going to get Daryl Anders on, um, who apparently, when he won the third place medal, his whole team skated around the rink and threw it into the stands in the UK, folks. Wow. So we're going to get that on. So, Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough. Anyway, so yeah, I go back to Cardiff the next year. Um, it was a tough year. We lost our, our coach, got fired pretty early, and then Franny left too. And you know, we were left with. So the is old... that when G, the G guy, gets fired? Yeah, he got fired, um, and then you know, the other guy took over, and then we had it was basically just Franny was gone, and there was left the team was left to these two other guys that were just different different people and uh not very well liked in cardiff and uh it was a tough year i mean our goalie had a bunch of concussions and i know him that's that that's back to the syracuse daytona beach days that's dan lacosta so they they yeah i guess we're getting it they uh they call him in for a meeting after his third concussion he's on a school deal and he's like 
he's like, Chris, like, can you come with me? Like, I, I'm still concussed and I'm pretty sure they're going to try and fire me at this meeting. And I'm like, okay. So I go with them to, to kind of back them up and basically tell the owner like, Hey, like you can't get rid of this guy in his school package just cause he's got, he's hurt. Like you, you'll never get a guy to come here ever again. Like if you do that, like, so we convinced him to keep him, but I think that, that was kind of the writing on the wall for me. They were looking to get rid of me at any point that, after that, they weren't too happy with me. But Because you came in there to back up your buddy. Well, I wasn't going to let them. Well, no, and you should do what you did. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't remember, like I wasn't a captain, but I think the captain was, he had something he couldn't go for whatever reason. I think he had like a charity event or something. So I went and uh, whatever, it's fine. But um, so we, so that happens. And then we're, it's, it's where we have a three and three in Scotland. They scratch me for the first game. I'm like, well, I guess I'm getting released at the deadline. Awesome. Thanks for the heads up. Then they play me the next night, which is kind of weird. Um, and then the next night they're like, if you guys win tonight, nobody's getting fired. Like that was the promise from the coach at the time. So nobody's getting there. fired. No one's getting fired. If you, if you win tonight, that was the, that last deadline game this is like january 29th before the february one deadline and i actually get the ot winner against fife right <laughs> and it's a huge celebration the guys are going nuts you probably knew i was the one that was going to get fired and uh by by noon the next day i'm on a flight to belfast to play for sheffield like i basically wake up got like messages from the coach saying here's your ticket i'm like there's no trades in this league how am i traded so uh, the uh, the story was that Cardiff released me and then Sheffield picked me up, which I guess you can do with Sheffield when, when they're, when the Sheffield owner is the commissioner of the league, I guess they can get away with that. But Higgs uh, told me it was five grand. Yeah. So that's the funny story. They paid five grand for me, which seems like way too much, obviously, but uh, they, <laughs> they got 10 grand for the guy from that they lost to Italy. So they made five grand on the deal. <laughs> oh man. But so <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I go okay. there. So you go to, so you go, I think this is before, like, obviously this is before I'm in that league. So yeah, the these are part. with these old owners where I've heard the stories and what they did. And like, you just explained it, what they just did to Dan LaCosta yeah. is absolute horseshit. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then good. that you go in there to help your buddy out. Yeah, that they put you in that position is also horseshit. So they can go, yeah. they can go <laughs> fly a kite, right? Um, but well, I have not talked about just saying, I keep forgetting, and you are from around here is stayinblue.ca. Now that things are opening up and you can golf and you can go everywhere why wouldn't you go to the blue mountain collingwood area and stay in blue.ca put in wally 20 and you get 20 percent off a minimum three nights stay like why wouldn't you do that folks why would you pay full price when you can go to the most beautiful place in ontario book some of the best places in the world and get 20 percent off with wally 20 it just doesn't make sense so I haven't really been promoting that enough. Sorry, PJ, my bad, buddy. <laughs> I, I get sidetracked. I've been a little busy. Um, but Property Valet, too, if you own a place there, let PJ know. Moving on. That was a hell of an ad read. 
Good transition. Was it? Very good. You got a Wally 20 swipe up now too? Wow, that's impressive. Well, I don't swipe up. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but um, if you put in Wally 20 on their website, you actually do get 20% off a stay in Blue Mountain, Collingwood area. Wow, like I'm for like, real. Like if you're going to go there, like where you live. I'll go there. That's where that place you is go. great. That's yeah. where you go. That's Absolutely. where everybody goes. Everybody goes to Collingwood. And I'm telling you, I get yeah. 20% off. You just got to put in Wally 20. I'm going to write that Stay down. Wally. In blue dot CA. Stay in blue.ca. In but it's a minimum three night stay, folks. Doing it. Okay. Minimum <laughs> three night stay. Here we Great go. Spot. So where are we now? We're, we're, we're so in we're just Cardiff. getting Sheffield. Um, I think we just flew. Yeah, Sheffield. you're in Sheffield. You left Cardiff. <laughs> and then uh you win it. You win the whole thing. So how does that go? Because that yeah. arena looks like a limp dead fish to me sometimes <laughs> the sheffield arena yeah sorry it was weird David being, sims it was someday weird someday you'll come there. on my podcast and respond to me when i ask you to come on you should get him on. dead That'd fish he's the the don cherry of uk hockey i really enjoyed meeting that guy that guy's a character <laughs> no like i really liked him too and like yeah. i don't have anything bad to say about anything but like i'll just yeah. tell it how it is but like if you want to come on and chat let like I'd love to Don Cherry of the UK. <laughs> no, it was, I mean, it was weird going there. Obviously there are big rivals and I never wanted to leave Cardiff. Like it wasn't my choice. My, my wife's there. Like, you know, like my family, like, you know what I mean? Like I never wanted to leave Cardiff. I would have stayed there. You know, and you were forever. only there for a year and a half. I know it was brutal. And um, so we go to Sheffield, uh, Cardiff didn't make the playoffs that year. It was a rough year for them, obviously. And, and we end up, you know, going on and winning the whole thing, which is awesome. I'm glad I got to experience that. And, you know, they were great to me there. Um, um, I had a lot of fun there. It just, you know, you know, my heart was in Cardiff and I wanted to go back and that, that was the plan in the summer. And um, I got an offer to return to Sheffield early, like right away. And I turned it down because I was in talks with someone in the Cardiff club that had the in that was basically saying, new ownerships coming and I wanted nothing more than to play for that new ownership group. Like that would have been, listen, like we had a lot of fun there the two years that I was there and we had to deal with some things that we shouldn't have, but like, it was still a great place, but I can't imagine how much fun you guys had having proper owners and a proper setup. Like that must've just been incredible. And even like, you know, having a nice rink too. Although I did like the tent to be fair, but. I uh, only played in the tent. I never played in the new rink. Okay. Fair enough. So like, yeah, I, I wanted to go back and they're like, just wait, just wait. Like as soon as the owners are, it's official, they'll sign values. I'm like, okay. So I'm waiting, waiting. It's like July or end of June at this point, And they announced like the new ownership, but then they announced like, they've also signed 10 players. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> like, nobody told me that. So I called the person that I was kind of dealing with at the time. And he's like, yeah, sorry. Like it's not, gonna work out now i'm like well i wish you would have told me like i've just turned down deals from like half the eihl and there's no spots left like it's like july like we got to go there in a couple weeks right like so i was scrambling and then luckily dundee and 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 hutchie called me and it was like hey you want to come here i was like yeah absolutely and so he, he he calls he sends over the contract and right when he does that i get another email from brayhead with a contract but i'd already said yes to to hutchins and i actually wanted to go to brayhead and that would have been a great spot, but I, because I'd said yes to Hutchie verbally, I wasn't going to do that to him. And so I signed there and it was actually less money too, which kind of sucked, but it wasn't 
it wasn't significant anyway. <laughs> as you know we didn't make a lot of money but uh, no but like you know like playing in brayhead compared to dundee, dundee. like yeah I, i'm not it. saying anything negative about dundee yeah it's just it's a bigger market there's more yep. fans it's a bigger game it's a bigger deal you go to dundee and the card of fans just want to get dundee drunk <laughs> and then shake it off right that's what Dundee. I did when I was there. Um, Dundee was great, though, to be fair. They had a good ownership group there, really good to us. Nice town, awesome fans. Like, I mean, we didn't win many games that year. Like, we were struggling. Three of our top players quit, like, before Christmas. So, we were we were hurting for guys. Like, we, our nickname, our self-made nickname was Dundee 12 because that's how many guys we usually dress for a game. <laughs> um, no, like it's interesting when you go to that league and you like, especially like back then, I think it's changed, but back yeah. then there were like teams that were like good. There were teams that weren't good. Yeah. And then there were us that were the Cardiff Devils that were like kind of in between. Like we didn't know what we were, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but like Dundee knew what they were. So yeah. my my thing though, I wanted to get into before I gotta go pee. Okay. But you're gonna talk about playing for GB and how you get your passport to play for GB and how the hell that all goes down while I go pee. Okay. Oh, he's he's really leaving. Okay. Um so this is weird talking to myself, but well, I guess we'll go. So basically, when it comes to GB, uh, my father was born in the UK and grew up there. Uh, he, he didn't move to Canada until he's 12. So <laughs> long story short, I mean, growing up, I knew that was always going to be a possibility to, to get my um, you know, British passport, which I did before I even played in the UK. And it was a goal of mine to always you know, have the opportunity to... Um, to play for them and to, to, to get that opportunity um, after my, after my third year there in the, in the British league was incredible and I had a great time at the tournament. Um, you know, we, we did beat the team that won the gold medal, but because of the, uh, the three point system, we ended up getting the silver medal that year. So <clears throat> everything happens for a reason. I think, you know, my plan was if we would have won the gold medal that year, I would have played another year, but because we, got the silver I decided it was time to um to hang him up and and get get a real job and, and he's back I think are you back I am back I saw you pull this one on Marshy because I listened to that episode and what do you mean I've been back <laughs> I pissed I just I, I now I have to get a, a hazy sunset folks for the Bayfield Brewing Company um <laughs> I just had pee first but did they go okay did you keep talking yeah, it's hard to talk to yourself and do your own thing, but that's okay. It was, I think it was all right. But basically, yeah, so you know, my dad was born in the UK and, and grew up there. Is that who 12. you got it? Yeah, it's through family. So to be I honest, I, I, uh, I think it's really cool that yeah. you got to do that. I thought it was awesome. Um, at the end of your career, you're the captain, the Dundee Stars. Um, everybody in Cardiff loved you from what I, everybody i talked to they're like you know chris blight i'm like yes i oh yes. nice that's good yeah no it was it was like and then you know your wife's yeah. from there and like yep. it's all good and uh but no like it um when i saw you got to do that like yeah. i never got to play for a country like i never got cool. to do that i never like 
I guess other than roller hockey, right? <laughs> you you were the champ in roller hockey. <laughs> um, no, it was pretty cool, man. That first game against Poland in the pre-tournament, I'm like lining up at the blue line. I'm like, this is weird. But they, their jerseys say Poland. <laughs> it's just like, it just kind of hits you. You're like you're playing for a country against another country. It's it's a different feeling. And, and, and playing in those games, man, it was intense, fast. Like the British guys, like they really pick it up to another level. Like, it was really impressive. Like that Ben O'Connor, my goodness, man. Like that tournament he had with us, he's, he was incredible. I kid can play. Like, did you I, see the goal that he scored? And it was all over the sports center. That year. I, I, I remember when it happened. I don't oh remember exactly gosh. what he did. I just remember it being, it was, it wasn't like ridiculous. Like it was ridiculous. It was man. past ridiculous. <laughs> it, it was, was like, so you should never try that ever. Ever. I almost had a heart attack and I wasn't even the one doing it. Like, I can't believe he would try to pull that off. We're 2-2 versus Korea, the favorites. In the third, he gets a penalty shot. And he does that. And he does that. He's skating backwards, sideways, puts it through his leg. Top. I'm just like, this guy has, like, ice water through his veins. Like, and obviously, he's an incredible player. It was no surprise there. And for him to pull that off at that level is just incredible. And, yeah, like, we that, – that, oh man, that last game, too, like – we lose three, two. All we had to do was like, all we needed was one point that last game. We would have won the gold medal and uh, they got a late one and uh, we outshot them like 50 to like 20 and Bouncy played great. It wasn't Bouncy's fault, but like their goalie, they had, I think they have some KHL goalie. We just couldn't score on this guy. It was unbelievable. We lost to uh, Lithuania. So, so even though Korea, Korea lost to us, they, they went on, which they really needed because they were going to the Olympics. Right. And they needed to get up to those higher levels. And we were talking to some of the guys in the bar after, and they were buying us drinks. They were so happy that uh, <laughs> we lost, and they were going up. They they had incredible bonuses because they won. Like the guys were telling us how much money they made, and we were like, "I'm sorry, what? Like, are you serious? Like, I think we got paid like a thousand pounds to play in that tournament. And these guys were like just raking it in because they won. It was unbelievable. Uh, well, like, and that would happen in different places, but like. Yeah. Like what the UK team has done, like now that they're in the first league, yeah, and like, incredible. and like realistically, like it, they're all Brits, like they're all Brits, they're all guys that grew up there and played hockey there, and I just don't get it. I don't even understand how that even happened. I don't even understand how there's that many good hockey players over there. Well, I think they have a lot of Canadians now. I think there's like five or six guys that are Canadian on the team with the passports of my year we were the only i was the only canadian on the team and there was actually a lot of talk about whether i should be allowed to play like there i, I didn't think i was going to get get the call unfortunately the coach called me too and he actually asked me what it meant to me what it would mean to me if i played for great britain and like i told him and, and i'm glad he picked me and gave me that opportunity because it meant a lot like it's something oh, i thought about man. my whole life man so seeing that picture of you playing for a country is yeah, like pretty fun yeah man like that yeah. that means a lot like i yeah. i never got to do anything like that that and that those was... were my last games too my dad like i flew him over and like got to watch me play for britain and in, in you know the netherlands and you know it's just like a really cool moment for me to have to end cap it all off like that it meant a lot to me so i'm, I'm really glad they gave me the opportunity but yeah to watch what they're doing now is incredible and that liam kirk just signed with uh arizona yeah no like, good yeah. for him yeah, no kidding. And like he's straight born and raised in the UK. Yeah. Made it and signed 
like I hope he can make it, man. That'd be really cool for the whole UK fan base, right? Pretty wild, a kid that age. Like he's young still. I think he's like twenty-one or two. Like he's just a kid, and I think he led the, the tournament in goals, right? Like right, and like, but like the thing is, was like he was playing for the Peterborough Peets like a year ago. Like I when know. COVID hit, he was Crazy. an OHL player, and he was a fifth-round pick. And yep. then you lead the world championships and scoring just like bouncy with his tramp stamp. Like he starts <laughs> making saves and it's like, well, yeah, like these guys are good, man. Like we yep. were all good. We just never had that stage. Right. I often wonder though, like some of those guys like Dowd and O'Connor and the, like the guys that are like elite, elite Brits that like played there, like if they grew up in Canada, like we did with our opportunities and the ability, like competition, like what they would have become. You know what I mean? Like it, it would have been interesting to see. Cause you, you think. Well, about- and the other thing is I think it, it might change their personality if they were growing up with other players as good as them yeah, compared yeah. to being the best the whole time, like growing up as the best, you know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. That's a good point. It's just, um, you know, they definitely didn't have the coaching and all that that we would have had, right? And the hockey schools and well, that the, when, when things. you see that O'Connor make that move on that oh, breakaway, you're like, well, this guy could do anything. Like yeah. as soon as I saw that, I'm like, you have the actual nuts to do that. <laughs> like, are you actually kidding me? You actually have the nuts to do that? Yeah, it was pretty special, man. I'd never seen anything like that in person. Anywhere. And you would never do that. I would never do that. Nope. I know you wouldn't. You're from nope. you're from Cambridge, Guelph area. You wouldn't do we, that. We don't do stuff like that around here. <laughs> you wouldn't because the guy, the older guy on the team, yeah, would kill you. Yeah, well that that gets beat out of you in college. You remember? <laughs> yeah, no, college was awesome too, though. Yeah, yeah. no, but. You know, you come in as a rookie in college and you're fancy stick killing at the blue line, turning it over. And oh, that's when you really learn, wait, I can't do this anymore or I won't play. <laughs> you will not get a shift. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to put that away and get the puck steep, right? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I think it's awesome that you played for Great Britain. Like, I really do. Like, I know you're not, you're Canadian, but. Like, yeah. I still think it's cool because, yeah. like, I would want to do it. Like, if yeah, I was really proud of it. yeah, I'm still proud of it. And it's definitely something that is, it's the best thing I've done in hockey, period. Like, in my career of all the things that I look back on, that, that was, like, the most special to me to be a part of that. It was really special. So, I'm really glad they gave me that opportunity. Okay, last question. What do you got? George Brothers. Oh man, these guys. Well, like, I mean, I, I think, you know, Steve George is probably the most talented guy, not on TV somewhere. Like this guy has to have his own show. Like, no, you're absolutely right. He actually makes no sense. You're right. He's the funniest person in the world that does not have his own show. You're right. Like last time we went back to Cardiff, I'll tell this story. Um, it was right before COVID, went to visit, go out with the Georges, obviously, and a couple of the bikers, Luke Rowe, the cyclist, have a, we're having a few drinks. And uh, you all right, buddy? <laughs> Lost you there. You okay? Oh, Jesus, a little bit of a cough. So we go to this bar, and and they have a mic, and, and uh, this guy's – they're passed around the mic and they're just this one guy's like yelling in the mic i'm like hey give me that mic and the guy's like no 
like, no, my buddy's going to do a rap here and, and Steve George. Right. Yeah, the guy's oh, like, no, yeah. no, no, you're not getting it. I had to pay the guy 20 pounds to give me the mic to let Steve George do a song. He, he ends up doing like a set, like after <laughs> like the whole bar is going crazy. Like, it's like, a, literally it was like, it, I think he did uh, uh, no diggity is what he did first. And the place just went absolutely nuts. It was like a rap concert in there after he got the mic. And yeah, he's just, you know, there's special people, him, him, uh, his brother, Chris and uh, fat Al in there. They are, they all went to my wedding too, which was, was special to have them there too. We got married. I got married in Cardiff. So yeah. You got married in Cardiff and they got to go there. eh? I would love to have them at my wedding because they are just the best people. And you're right. I, Chris is fantastic. He's hilarious. He is unbelievable, but Chris is right. Or sorry. What did I say? Steve. Yeah. He's the talent. Like this guy, he, he literally could, (laughs) he could sell a like stadiums with what he can do. Like I've been, I've been in France with him where he takes over a bar and gets the microphone and he starts, he starts going and he'll, he'll take over the whole place. And he, he is the funniest person I think I've ever met and it, that he doesn't have his own show is ridiculous. I think about like the setup that those guys have, like the Georges and like the British guys that live and grew up in Cardiff that play pro hockey in their hometown. And every new, every year they have new guys coming from Canada, like me and you. And No, but Paul. I talked to the George brothers and I said, I said, what's going to happen when you guys start getting older? Like, you guys aren't going to be the same age players soon. And they don't live that close to the team anymore. Like I, Philly. No, they're, I don't think they live that close anymore. No, they're in Carfilly, right? They've always lived in Carfilly. Are you That's sure they're still there? As far as I remember, yeah, I think so. I'm not sure if Maybe they're they, still there. They I, think they, I think they've moved further away. I think when I went over for Wally night, okay. they had moved like – away oh okay really interesting didn't know that i don't know every time i've gone back they've been there at the games and oh man they're the best people i've ever met and steve is the funniest person i've ever (laughs) met and you're right he needs to have his own show he is the i can't wait for him to come on and i'm pretty sure oh i have i have overdone the cardiff devil link here quite a bit with trying to be number one in the UK. Um, So next Cardiff devil will be Steve George and whether or not his brother's involved is fine, but it's got to happen. Right. Absolutely. I mean, those guys, like, I just think about like, what if they weren't there? Like, I don't know if it's a specialist. Cardiff's not the same place. No, no, they they changed the whole thing. Yeah. They're that important. And, um, you know, the, it's funny. The summer before um, Lord got the coaching job, it was me, Lord, Pigsy, Steve, George, and all at Marshy's bachelor party in Berlin. And we had a great time, which I'm sure you guys did the, the next year, wherever you guys went in France, I think it was, you said. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I, 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 <laughs> I, I was wondering, like, what did, 
how did Lord feel about like guys hanging out with the Georges like during the season? Cause, cause he would have known, like, cause we had a lot of fun. Like when Lord was a, was a player. And not oh, both. he had, he, when I was there, he was adjusting from being a player and a coach. Okay. He so, wasn't just a coach at that point. Yeah. He was trying to do both. And it yeah. was all of us trying to learn together and we were all in it. So you guys are still having fun. That's good. Yeah, yeah. No, it changed, I think, afterwards. Well, I mean, they, they put together like an incredible program. Like that that team is like complete 180 from what we were like before the ownership group. Like to see what they did in that time period is like incredible. And and now Lord's coaching in, in North America, which is a great move, I think, by him, right? Because you gotta get over here and get your face out here too, right? And I think how are they doing this year? And they he's in Greenville, right? Um, I haven't looked. I I actually don't care. I actually, (laughs) I, I, I know he'll be doing fine. I saw they were in the playoffs and, uh, um, I actually care more about like people's lives, like how they're doing than that's where I'm at now is like, you're about to have a kid. You're about to, you know, that's where we're at. That's, that's life. And, no, true. Uh, like this is the most I've talked about hockey in probably five years, to be honest with you. Like it's kind of no, I know, cool. and it, it, it's fun. Like I, I hope that your your kids and your wife someday listen to this and are like, I didn't know my dad did all that <laughs> shit, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe when he's a little older. Yeah. No, like like, like seriously though, like yeah. that's that's why I do this. That's I I hope, and I, no, I love catching it. up with you, man. I do like it. Me and you, like, our whole careers had literally the same, the same path. Yeah. We both didn't think we were good enough to make it. We weren't actually good enough to make it or we didn't <laughs> make it, but we all did. We both did the same thing until it was time to shut her down. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And where are you living now? I'm in Concordon. How far is that from, uh, like, where I'm from, Cambridge, Kitchener, Waterloo area. Oh, not yeah, far. I, so, okay. like, I grew up in Elmira, and it's yeah. an hour and a half from there. Oh, okay. Straight, um, straight, straight west. So you grew up in Elmira. How long did you live in Georgetown for, then? Not very long? I was just born there. I this, okay. When I was a year old, I went to Elmira. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Right on. No, and then I started bowing with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking all my jobs, roller hockey and then Carter. Oh, Jesus. Is that what I did? I don't think I did that. No, no, it's okay. No, no, I, I, I remember, I just, I remember you distinctly from junior because you were one of the best in the league. And I was kind of, you were one of the guys I kind of want to, you know, be as good as. So yeah, it, it, it all works out in the end. And we had, we had a good time, didn't we? Playing in our career. Oh, dear, man. Well, I like, think about it. Like you got yeah. your MBA. Yep. You did all that. You got to met the George brothers. And like, it's weird that like our, <laughs> our, our career pass literally yep. went the same way. Yeah. We've never actually really hung out other than that night in Cardiff. No, at, that's right. what, what is that place called? Where did we go? Was it O'Neill's or, or no, was it, Soda? it was by that place. No, it's the other side of town. Oh, the other side of town. Oh, no, no, it's I not O'Neill's, but anyways, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But like the first time we hung out, and you were like, yeah. "Well, I played in Dundee," and you're like, "I want to play here." And I was like, "Well, geez, no, I understand what you're saying." 
I get it. And I'm like, well, I want to play here too. (laughs) But no, like, man, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. And, uh, like, yeah, we've had the same life basically. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty cool, man. I appreciate you calling and letting me do this. You're right. I think it'll be awesome to, to have my kids listen to this one day for sure. And, you know, I, I, I don't talk about hockey much. It's weird. It's like, it seems like it was a, such a long time ago. I don't know for you, like it's, it's like another lifetime ago. It is. Said, it's it's, it's weird. a different thing. It's a, like you're doing yeah. one thing yep. and then you're doing the other thing and they don't, they're not intertwined. Like no. they're not. And what you're doing now, I'm proud of you. You worked hard to get where you're at. I think it's awesome and uh you too no seriously like i i think it's awesome i just keep doing what you're doing keep selling houses and like (laughs) they are still gonna go up for sale so yeah let me know if you need any help bud (laughs) yeah man i'm trying not to buy anything around that area yeah no it's crazy out here right now it's it's (laughs) it's rough man it's rough (laughs) got a lot of first-time buyers i just feel bad like they they're good for like five hundred thousand. it's like ooh, like (laughs) I don't know what we're going to get. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's crazy. So, yeah. No, yeah, it's, I, it's, uh, that's life, though. And that's, yeah. that's it's strange. It's, yeah. No, yeah. but, man, I seriously, like, I love it. I, I, it's been great getting to know you. Yeah. Likewise, man. And uh, I hope it all works out. And uh, if I'm ever buying a house in the uh, Cambridge area, well, right you know. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Here we go. And that has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Blighter and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. That's all right. Some people they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott.